What it do, guys? It's the Connection Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Connection Podcast, where in just under an hour, we are going to come full circle with God and His Word. Word. Amen. All right. Hey, this is uh, we're going to have to dive into this quickly because we don't want to take a lot of time from everybody. Um, but because this is a very heavy subject, a lot of um, pastors, a lot of people have talked about this and sermons and issues and all kinds of things. It's a very um, popular topic because the world is full of anxiety and depression and yeah. So uh, easy and I, we're really kind of, we're going to take us backseat on this one. Yeah. We're going to kind of step away and let Martine and Matt and Oscar kind of take the reins on this. But um, as always guys, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for um, just supporting us in this and continuing to help us grow and helping us just really develop this podcast and listening. And so we just encourage you guys to keep sharing, keep listening, keep tagging us, all the stuff you guys are doing. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. So um, with that, why don't we start off with you guys just going ahead and <clears throat> I guess just kind of talking about your, your story, your kind of um, your own stories with anxiety and depression, or if you guys are comfortable with whatever you're comfortable sharing, just kind of what you guys have been through with these situations. And then we'll, and then we'll get into some scriptures about how we can help these things. So Matt, Oscar, whoever wants to go first, Martin. Martin, you want to go first? Someone, someone go. Matt, go bro. That's you, bro. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'd say my first encounter with, um, as far as anxiety, depression was about, I want to say six or seven years ago. Um, that was my first breakup. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so it was uh, my first breakup. Uh, pretty much didn't have a relationship with God, kind of doing my own thing. That's when uh, about nine, when I was nine or so, I stopped going to church. And then I started dating around, what, 18 or so? Um, and it was about a year and a half long relationship. And of course, I didn't know God. So without God in the picture, it can only lead to, to disaster, you know? Uh, so that's exactly what happened. It got to the point where I got um, too involved and I pretty much made her my God, which is so crazy. You know, when you don't have God, how you can make anything else God as far as like money, people, you know? Yeah. And in my situation, that's what I did. So when we broke up, I pretty much lost all hope. I lost sense of purpose. It was just such a dark, dark time, you know, and um, I didn't know what to do. And it was during that time where my family was consistent about like, hey, like this is a perfect time for you to like reconnect with God, you know, because you don't have a sense of purpose. You don't have no identity in, in reality. Like you have that, but you just, you're going to the wrong place to find it, you know? And came back started going to church um, shortly after and I wasn't for it. I was angry at God. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm just like, there's no purpose. There's no hope right now where I'm at in my, in my life. And pretty much <laughs> it's crazy. My uncle told me, he challenged me. He said, all right, I know where you're at and I understand, but I'm going to challenge you by telling you come to church for a year. Even if you don't want to be there, if you come and sit in church for a year, I can promise you, you're not going to be the same person after a year. I'm like, fine, I could do that. You know, like it's only a Sunday, Sunday morning. It's not a big chunk of my day. And I could, you know, have the, the worst attitude about it. Like they had to come get me. They would wake me up and it was sad, bro. Honestly, I never, never thought I'd be in that point in my life, but that's what happens. You know, like when you're at your lowest point in life, it's just, it's sad. 
Uh, but after a year, though, God started working in my life. I started seeing him put more people in my life that were uplifting me and encouraging me um, to, to the point where I started building healthy relationships where I'm like, okay, like there's more for me, you know? Like I started getting that sense of identity. Um, that was through him, of course, setting him to, as a foundation. Um, and then from there, uh, slowly but surely, he started bringing more people into my life and actually challenging me to step up in ministry too, as far as uh, being in youth and other um, other um, ministries in church, you know? So it, it definitely helped me to hold myself accountable. Like, yo, I can't, I can't be going back to my old lifestyle, you know, as far as making other things my God when I know who my God is now. Yeah. But that was my first encounter with it. Um, I don't know about you guys as far as like what you kind of experienced as your first encounter or just anything, you know? Um, so like my encounter with it, when I'm thinking about it now, um, there really, there really wasn't like a specific point in time because I've been dealing like, oh, I've been battling with this for like, since I was about 13, 14 or so. And I can't like, I can't like when I'm thinking back, I can't really recall when, like what's like a specific event happened, but it got to the point where it's like, it's so shit. Like for me, like it's just so hard to like talk about it sometimes when like, well, at the beginning it was, but before when I was like 12, 13, um, like it got to the point where I had to go to therapy or like see a psychologist for it. Cause I was having, I think I had like, I think I had to do like, a, I think I had like about 150 like routines I had before from like the period from I woke up at like 6.30 to like 7.30 before I went to like school. You counted yeah. 150? No, so like, so like, so basically when I went to my psychologist, he's like, okay. He's like, what do you do in the morning? Because what was, what happened with me oh, when I was like in middle school was that I would have certain things I would do a certain specific way. And then if I did, if I didn't get like have enough time to do it where I messed up, you said, I thought you said middle school. Yeah. So like when I, when I thought like I messed up on one of them or I missed them, I thought the whole day was like ruined because I did it. Right. And then when, and then to make it worse in my mind, I was like, okay, if someone randomly will mistreat me or like get upset with me, I was like, oh, it was because I didn't do this specific thing. And then, but I didn't think about it until I started going to a psychologist and he was like, hey, like, wh so what do you do before you go to bed? I was like, well, I'll do this, 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 and that. And he's like, you, you have to understand that you're having a routine that you're basing this off of that. And so it went to the point where I used to like hit myself and then I used to get like upset. And then my parents didn't know what to do. And uh, they wanted to put me on medication, but I didn't like, I refused to do it because I didn't, I didn't want to be on, on any type of medication. So then it was like that. And then it would, it gradually got worse to like, I didn't know how to really contact, like come in contact with people. And then um, that was before I was a Christian. And then when I became a Christian, I knew that like that was sophomore year of high school. Um, I was still battling with it and still struggling with it. But then it got, it got better because that's when my faith started growing. I understood that it was fear that I was like um, struggling with. Um, but the thing though, that that's like, I'm still battling with it now is that like, even though that happened a lot, such a long time ago, like I still have fragments of it where it, it gets worse and worse to the point where like, I've told, like I told like my parents, I told Kenya, I even told like Oscar and you guys, when it go, when it happens to me, like I like to be isolated. And then it's just like, cause I had to like re try to recollect myself. So like the last time I went to therapy was this past summer. Um, and that was because like with my, right now with my parents going through what they're going through and then my best friend passing away, I just like piles all the things and then uh, me with school. So like it's it's a on like it's a constant thing that I'm like still battling with up until this day like even even today so that's why that's why I like hearing Pastor Stephen a lot because he he talks specifically about anxiety and that's why but yeah so I just I just remember one weird instance like it was so weird I remember it was like in the summer I was in seventh grade I was downstairs in the basement because like we were living with my tia or my aunt at the time 
and then I was downstairs in the basement. And I, I just, I just remember like this, like the clear moment I remember where Ru my sister Ruby was sitting on the sofa and she's watching TV and then just this weird random thought came in my mind. I was like, huh? I was like, I wonder if Ruby loves me. I was like, I wonder if Ruby loves me for me. And like, if I, if I do something, so I was like, Hey Ruby, I was like, do you like, do you love me? Like for me, like just, just me being your brother. And she was like, yeah. And then I just like, from, for, for whatever reason, I started thinking, oh, maybe I have to do something to get her approval of love or, or maybe it's like something psychologically in my mind where I was like, oh, if I do something, then it'll like, in a sense, basically I'm going to say it like, in a sense, I thought I wanted to be like, I want to act like God or like, okay, if I do this, then the destiny of this situation or this person will like me or I'll be in their person's life. So like, I try to act like, or play the role of God. Like, okay, well, if I tie my shoes a certain way this way, if I do this, this and that, then that's when I can potentially have the power to change the situation or this and that. And I remember from that point on, I was like, okay, maybe if I do this a certain way, if I have these certain routines, then my sister will love me. My parents will love me. People will like me. I'll get more um, blessings. I'll be like more holy in this and that. So I know from that point on, I don't, I don't know what like specifically what brought that thought, but I know from that instance, I've always thought about that and I'm trying to break that. Pattern. So you're seeking approval from people and trying to please people and thinking that that it's would like, you It's up. a mixture of a lot of things, like yeah. approval from people, approval of like blessings from God. So mm. like a lot of the times when I mess up a lot, um, my thoughts like, oh shoot, I ruined everything. God doesn't want me. God doesn't have a plan for me. So then that's why I try to like, that's why sometimes I struggle like wanting to hang out with people. Like that's why I need to, I pray. I need to hear, hear certain songs. Like I know when I mess up, like if I fall into temptation or this and that, I have to hear a certain period of songs because I think that God's going to be like, okay, you know what, Martin, you, you heard the songs, like you're okay. And that's that mindset. So it's like thinking God's going to still bless me. With, and then a lot of the times what I'm struggling with right now is like, if I mess up, like with temptation or just being like doing something wrong or this and that, I feel like my family and the people I love and care about, something's gonna bat, something bad's going to happen to them because my best friend recently just passed away. So that's what's kind of molded me. So I was like, oh shoot, like I need to make sure I pray. I need to make sure I go to church. I make sure I need to um, hear these songs, this and that. So it's like a mixture of like a compiled of different things at once. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically Matt. Yeah, man. No, I think I'm, I'm like the same with, uh, with you. Um, <clears throat> Martin, uh, I, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. I remember it all started with me at an early age also, like I think as early as like fifth, sixth grade, uh, I grew up in a very religious church and stuff. And like, just hearing about how God like would be so angry and stuff. And like, I was a little kid and like, I would do like what I thought was bad things. I mean, they were, they weren't, I wasn't acting right, but it wasn't like something that would phase God, you know? It's like little kid, bad things. Um, and like, that would give me an anxiety of like, like, is God coming and I'm leaving, you know? And it starts like that. And it sounds so like funny. We even joke about it now. Like, um, but it, it's a real place. It starts like a little seed of fear, you know, that a lot of people place in churches and stuff. A lot of these pastors when I was growing up and um, I remember even going like through panic attacks where I felt like I couldn't even breathe and stuff. Um, there was a few times where like I called my parents had to take me to the emergency room and stuff because like, I couldn't breathe. I felt like I couldn't breathe. It was weird. Um, but I never went to therapy or anything like that. And like I grew up and like I remember it getting better when I let go of like just the expectations of everything. But I let go in such a wrong way because I stopped going to church. Like when I went to when I started going to high school, that's when I just let go. So those years, I, I didn't really necessarily like experience all the anxiety and stuff because like 
I was just in my own world doing what I wanted to do. And like, in a way that was kind of helpful because I let go of all the expectations of the church and like all the expectations that I thought God had for me and stuff. And, and that kind of alleviated things, but it didn't alleviate like, and in a way kind of didn't because I was still in the back of my mind. I still kind of felt like the pressure of like needing to go back to the church and always feeling the pressure of not being enough in people's eyes, whether if I was at church, I wasn't enough for them because I wasn't as perfect as the pastor was preaching or if I was outside of, or, or I wasn't even perfect for the people like my friends that weren't Christians and stuff. And if it was just always a constant pressure and like that growing up always like kind of had its, I always carried the weight of that. And then like going into uh, when I first got, well, I want to say when I first got saved, or I guess when my relationship, with, it is when I first really got saved because as when I, re, when my faith actually really became my faith. And that was when I was 20 years old and, uh, a lot of things happened in my life and like God reached out or whatever. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but um, people think that like when you get saved, everything's going to be good. And honestly, that's when the most pressure came upon me. And that was because I felt like, all right, I'm back in this. Like, and I had this such a bad mentality in faith um, in a way because I grew up in that kind of environment and like I was very legalistic and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I have to do this. I have to tell people to stop doing this and, and all that. And I started suffering with, uh, because at the time when I got saved, I was going to college uh, for criminal justice. And um, because college was a very big thing with my parents, they're like, you know, go to college, you need to be some, somebody, you need to be something in and, and life. And I think in, a, in our culture too, in our society, they put that pressure, like if you don't go to college, then you're not a nobody. Or you're not, you're not somebody, right? And like, I was living with that pressure too. And then like, uh, when I got saved, I remember feeling like, okay, like, I don't want to do this. Like, that's not what I felt called anymore. I felt called into ministry. And, and, and I'm like, I'm going to quit college because like, I'll pick it back up once I really, I didn't even know I wanted to do ministry at that time. I was just like, this is not it. I know God is not calling me in that direction. Like, I just don't know what it, I don't want to waste no more money. I don't want to waste time if I'm not going to go into the criminal justice field. And, uh, you know, I spent like four years, um, when I first got saved, like from 20 to 24 and those, like, I would even say up to like 25, maybe 26, I would even say a little 26. Like those were like, honestly, the most an anxious and like depressed moments or years of my life. And I wouldn't have it any other way, though, because it's they're kind of like my desert seasons. And I was getting hit everywhere, like money wise, uh, not having enough, like uh, not being enough because I was waiting for God. to. Um, I had such a messed up, twisted uh, thing of like, oh, God, uh, you have to always hit me to do something. And and like it was just it, it was a bad place. But in a way, it was kind of like a growing place. It was a growing place where like I had to go through that in order to grow. And, and, uh, I remember just honestly, like it was just, again, the pressure of, of going to school and all that. And like, I didn't know I wanted after in between those years, like I knew I wanted to do ministry, but and now I'm like, okay, God, I'll go to GCU and try to do like a uh, ministry school or like not ministry school, but I'll try to go for, um, theology and stuff. And then like, I just felt another heavy, like discomfort in my heart. And God was like, nah, that's not the place. And I was always struggling because I was like, all right, God, you're going to tell me what to do next week. 
and it honestly god doesn't we always expect we have these expectation of a time frame for god and be like yeah god's gonna do it within at least a month or so and god don't work that way sometimes it takes Never. years for god to take out what he needs to take out of you and like you and and then that's another frustration in itself because you 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 see everybody in your in your age group that you graduated with from high school like exceeding in life and you're like, dang, they already finished their masters. They already finished this and they already have this great career. And I'm over here like still serving at church and like I'm essentially a nobody, you know? And then you start dating girls and girl, a lot of girls want a somebody. And then they leave you because you're a nobody. And I was always struggling with that because I felt like, God, I gave it off for you to follow you. And like, but I have nothing to show for it. You know what I'm saying? So like hmm. in the world's in the world's eyes, we don't have all the accolades. We don't have everything. But and then like in God's eyes, like you're you're going through something. It's the world doesn't see what's going on in your heart. The world doesn't see what's going on in your mind, what God is working in. And like that's the frustration because you're in a place where you're like, I want to serve God. But and then like the world sees like I'm a bum. They feel like I'm a bum. And then like you have your family chirping and stuff and saying like, well, Matt is not doing anything with his life and stuff because he's not going to college and stuff. And I'm not talking about my parents. I'm talking about more like other family members and friends and stuff. And then you have that way, too. And you're just like, dude, like I feel it. I just don't like God, I want to do something. But like you're not telling me what to do. And like I've been serving faithfully, like because you did tell me to serve. And it's been four, five, six years now, and I'm already this age, and I, f I feel like I should have been much further by this time, like everybody else is, but I feel like I'm a bump. And then, like, everything else is just, it's just that pressure, those expectations of, it, of the world. And then, honestly, like, now, like, I, I, this, like, last year was, like, the best year for me. Like, I kind of gave it all up, and, like, last year, like, that's when I started Hillsong College. And like some, a lot of stuff happened in between, like it was a heartbreak, uh, a lot of personal issues and stuff that led to me going to Hillsong. But honestly, like I never experienced such a peace or such peace um, until like I really like started going to Hillsong College and like not saying like, Hillsong College is great and everything, but it's more than the school. It's, it's, I felt like I'm really in God's will right now in this place. and and. I don't know. I can't explain like what happened or what's the shift. Like all I know is that I feel like God's in control for real. And like not saying that he wasn't in control in those other times. I guess it was just my expectation that I was expecting what everybody else was expecting for my life. And I was viewing my life through the lens that everybody else was viewing me. And that was just tearing me apart. And instead of seeing like how God really works and like just being aligned in his will and being a patient, which is so much easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, we expect things within days. And guys, I know I do things in years sometimes, you know, he can do things in days. But when 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 he, you know, when there's so much stuff that he needs to take out, then it takes it takes quite a bit of time. Um, but. Yeah, anyways, I don't know. Well, so. First of all, thank you guys for sharing all of that because that's, I think those alone help people and yeah. let them know that they're not alone in things they go through, whether it's relationships or uh, feeling significant for other people or, you know, trying to get filled up in different ways. That's not through God. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing that because it's, it's a vulnerable, a vulnerable place to, to share things with people when you are weak, 
you know, to share your weak spots because that's a place where people can take advantage of you. Yeah. And maybe for whoever's listening, you know, that you don't want to tell someone what you're going through because you think it makes you weaker, but it actually makes you stronger because then that person can help you. That person can actually begin to help you if it's the right person, right? Some people will tear you down and some people will take advantage of that vulnerability, which is wrong. Yeah. And if they have done that, we are, we, we apologize for that. That's not, especially if it's a, if it comes from a church, yeah, like that's where it's really wrong. And so we hope that has not happened to anybody, but if it has, we are sorry. Like we, we do not represent that kind of, uh, that, that kind of people. But yeah. so with all of this, let's go into some scripture. Um, the Bible is filled with all kinds of things about anxiety and depression. And obviously for good reason, it's like God knew that we were going to be struggling with this stuff for some reason. I mean, some of the greatest prophets dealt with depression. Um, Elijah, for example, right? He goes through this whole series of amazing events. You can read in first, first Kings, I think where he's, you know, he, he basically calls upon God and destroys all the other false prophets. It kills them all, right? He wipes them out. And soon after this, Jezebel basically says, I want his head. Like I'm going to come after you. And he gets super depressed and runs away. And it's amazing to me how sometimes we can get to that point where we will see God do something so amazing. And yet the very next day or soon afterwards, go back into something that we've we think we've already overcome, whether it's depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. We get anxious about the next thing. So some verses that, and maybe we can talk about this and you guys, if, if you guys think these verses help and how they help people, because sometimes, you know, we'll quote verses and they sound great, but it's like, what do I actually do with that? Like, how can that, what does that actually do for me? Right. What is God trying to, to say through the, through the scripture? And I'll let you guys talk about that for whatever verse you guys want. Um, but like Philippians four, a really common one, Philippians chapter four, verses, uh, verse six through seven or so, uh, says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, first Peter five, seven talks about, you know, we cast all of our anxieties on him because God cares for us. Proverbs chapter three, verses five to six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight, straight your paths. Yeah. Um, you know, Proverbs 12, 25 says anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Yeah. Or a good word can lift him up. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty four, therefore do not be anxious about t- tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble or, or tomorrow has enough worry to worry about itself. Yeah. Enough trouble to worry about for itself. So what do you guys think? I mean, how, how do these verses help people? How do you guys think these verses can really, really begin to help people? Well, I think the verse that really helped me, it was actually like, I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe, uh, maybe two. I'm not really sure. But I was really going through this hard because I didn't have a really good job and stuff. And then I hated doing what I what I did. Um, and I didn't feel accomplished. And I felt like I was out of what God wanted me to do. But and then I would pray about it. And then again, I didn't feel like God was responding. And I'd be like, well, God, I've been serving at church. I know that I want to do ministry now. Like, I want to at least go to school. Dude, make me feel like I'm doing something to work towards that goal, you know. And I felt like I was just stumped. 
and I was stuck. And, um, and in a way I kind of gave a lot of good jobs, a lot of good paying jobs that, uh, were really good actually. And there were opportunities for me to like start having a bunch of money again and like, and, and, and building stuff like buying a home after and, and, you know, doing all that good stuff that people see as success, which is nothing bad. Um, you want to do all, all that stuff. Right. But I remember reading this verse cause I was so anxious about that stuff. And it's Matthew 13. Um, I'm gonna read from, um, I'm gonna read from 16. It's kind of lengthy, but it's, it's good. Cause he spoke to me so much and he said, uh, uh, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I'll tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parables about the farmer planting the seeds. The seed that fell on the foot, footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, uh, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represented those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message, uh, the message is crowded. This is where it really got me. The message is crowded out by the worries of this life. And that was me. I was very worried about everything, about life, about not having like the career, not having everything that the world expects you to have. And, uh, you know, at that age and stuff. And it says um, the worries of this life and lure the wealth. Uh, and the lure of the wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60 or even 100 times as much. As have uh, that have been planted, and like that really spoke to me because like I felt God was telling me at that moment He was like, dude, like you're tripping about not having these things, and like and like if you, I feel like if I would have taken those other jobs, I wouldn't be pursuing ministry because those jobs I didn't take them not because like I just just didn't want to because I feel like being broke is more humble and being more spiritual. No, it was because those jobs were gonna take time from me serving at church and I wasn't going to be able to serve like I used to. And it basically, they were just going to consume my whole life. And I was like, you know that I don't want that. But, and then I would get frustrated because I was like, God, like, yeah, I don't want that. I'm giving these great opportunities to make great money and essentially build my kingdom, build my life, get the nice house, get the nice car and all that. And in the process, like people are looking at me like, like, what is this guy doing? Like he's being foolish. The world sees you as foolish when you when you give up those kind of opportunities to chase God's kingdom. And like, that's where my struggle was. And I was just like, dude, like I was caring too much what people saw in me. And like God, God was just like, dude, like you have the good soil, you have the good seed and you're making wise choices. Just don't let go of it because of the pressures. And God doesn't promise no pressure and he doesn't promise. Seed takes time to come and develop and, 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 and harvest, right? The harvest season takes time. And I just felt like that was my harvest season of God like telling me like, wait, it is hard. But wait, all these pressures are going to come left, right from every direction. But you're doing the good thing. You just got to wait for it. And honestly, I've been feeling like I'm getting to that point. You know, like I met you guys. Like all these things that I've been seeing since last year, I've been seeing God's uh, just tr uh his his truth manifest in my life and now like i'm happy i waited and those times where i had so much anxiety it was the hardest time of my life but now that i've seen like the fruitfulness like just come alive in my life i'm like dude this is 
all right, God, like I'm, I'm thankful because if I would have taken that job, I wouldn't have met y'all because I wouldn't be serving at church. You know, if I would have done other things, I would have probably not even been in church anymore. I would have been too consumed. And, and, but yeah, so that's, yeah. That's so cool because when you were talking about earlier, just because of my experience about six years ago for that same reason, um, of course I went through, we've all been through all our experiences, like us, us three. Uh, but for me, I'm thankful that I went through that because like you said, that was my desert season. I love that you said that it was um, like a season that you were growing in too, because for six years ago, for me, that's what I was going through. Like, even though it was hard, I like pretty much he had to tear down my identity and rebuild it. Yeah. So in a sense, he was still like growing me in that time, you know, and people don't see it. Like I'm going through depression, I'm going through anxiety, but in reality, like, God's using that. Like you might, it might not make sense in the present moment, but for me, looking back at six years ago, I'm so thankful because if he didn't tear down what the foundations that I built based on what I thought my life was going to be on, like I, my life would be so different. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I'd have a kid. I probably wouldn't have finished college. Like it could have been a whole different like 180 life that I'd be doing, you know? Yeah. But for that reason, I'm so glad that you said that because even a while back, you said, um, recently you said, uh, God makes uh what is it gardens out of graves i don't know where i saw that but you said that hit me that yeah that hit me hard dude i was like wait where did i hear that yeah Yeah, so that hit me hard i didn't even know the song honestly but it hit me hard for that reason though because we're talking about like that's what god did back for me back then like literally out of a grave that i built that i didn't even know was a grave he built out a garden to where now it's like flourishing you know so i don't know i thought that was cool that you're mentioning that though because that's what i experienced about six years ago yeah like I thought it was great. And like, that's, that's so cool. Like you guys both say that too, because I kind of went to the same thing too, in the sense of like, so like legitly, not a lot of people know this, but, um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys will know now. You guys will know now. You guys will know now. But really the real story, I think, I, t- I don't know if I've told you guys, but, um, the real story of like, like I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't supposed to be here either because basically what happened was last year, my junior year of GCU, i I flunked physics twice and they give you they give you a chance for each class to take it three times so then if you don't pass it the third time they get they suspend you for a semester so when i went last year la, the first semester of my junior year i had them back in my mind my counselor reached out to me and was like hey like your gpa is low because i didn't i didn't do so well in many classes i already dropped a lot of classes She's like hey you need to pass these classes if not you're going to get suspended so i was like all right cool so then I was going through it like, and then like I was studying, I was in the library every single day. Like I put in the work and then it's just that. So the way with the, it was with the physics final, it was a um, cumulative final. So the first final, they um, obviously it was like first part of the week. And then the second was like the last part of the week. So I, I didn't really study the first part because I kind of knew it. So, but I studied my butt off the second part because I was the hardest. I nailed it down, dude. I would like go through the study guy and I would finish with it within the 20 minutes and then I'll get every answer, right? Like I knew my stuff. And then r- the day before the final, someone told me, like, hey, like I heard that the final, because the first final was exactly like the study guy. Like there's different numbers, different scenarios, but the same concepts. Yeah. And then, but they said the second final was completely different from the study guide. So whatever we did on the study guide, it was nothing compared. I was like, I was like, wait, are you like for real? So then the next day came, and then I heard people that taking the final and then I, they, and then I went to my class and then someone who was in my class went before me and she's like, yeah, like the study guy is not, is like, it's like, it's basically the same new material, but it wasn't on the study guide. And then I flunked the class. So then 
um, I was in Miami with my sister and my best friend and I got the email. My counselor texted me. She's like, oh, she emailed me. She said, hey, like you flunked, your GP is low, you're suspended for the for the semester. You need to, you need to um, we're going to cancel your housing. We're going to cancel your meal plan. You need to get out of the dorm once you get back and you need to go back home. And I was like, everything I worked so hard for in high school to get up to GCU because I was stupid throughout the three years, I would go party. I would go play soccer. I wouldn't do my homework. I would, I would, I wouldn't tell my parents I like dropped the class or I would just take the F because I didn't want to tell my parents. And then now as a result of basically what I did resulted in me of being suspended for, from GCU. And then, so I didn't know how to tell people that because, um, I went back home and then I told, and I remember that night when I told my parents, I was in my bed, I was crying because everything that I worked hard for was basically stripped away. And I think that's the difficult part was that there's a, there's a lot of situations where say like you're going through life and then, um, just things happen. And that's when things get stripped away from you. And you're like, okay, I'm not like the things that got stripped away from me wasn't a result of my actions. Like something happened. And then the, from there, that's when you need Like you, obviously you see God through everything, but I think it hit, like for me, it hit a little harder because um, it was my fault. It was my fault. The reason why I put myself to the situation. So that was, that was a hard pill to swallow. And it's still a hard pill to swallow because I had to look at my parents like, mom, dad, I failed. Like, and my mom was like, what happens? Like, well, I didn't, I didn't do the, the work. And that's why I heard a sermon from Pastor Stephen saying that like, um, that like essentially the phrase, but God in the Bible is very important because a lot of times God says, okay, you did this, this, and that, but God has something better for you. When I heard that sermon, I was like, okay, like, even though this sucks, I, I, I know that God has something better, even though I was, I like caused this to myself. So dude, it was so hard. I had to go back to campus. Everyone like, I only, t- I told my roommate, I was like, dude, like I got suspended. And I had to head out and then he was telling everyone else. And then that's when people were like, Hey, like I heard you get suspended and this and that. So I legitly had to take out all my stuff from the housing, from my, uh, my dorm, take away the meal. And then my, I told my mom, I was like, well, I'm not going to go back home to Colorado. Like I'm going to stay here, do Pima, get my medical assistant license, tell people I'm going to be on pause to get that. So that I can, when I'm done with the semester of the suspension of the semester, I can go back. And my mom was like, no, you're going to come back home. I'm like, no, like I'm going to stay here. So it was a constant fight. I was going back and forth with my mom. So then I decided to stay here, do Pima. And even through Pima, it was rough because, you know, these are people who like, I'm not down, like I love Pima because it, it brought me up to where I am now. Um, but it was something hard because it was people who had families already and are trying to go back to school and this and that. And I'm right here. I'm like, oh, well, I've had three years of college already. Like I have no family, this and that, like I shouldn't be here. Um, so that was very hard. But through that blessing, through that hardship of what I went through, like it led me to um, you guys. Like it led me to like go to Hillsong and met me, like it allowed me to meet all you guys and allowed me to um, have a great opportunity. Like I'm working at a job now, that's something that I, I found my career in. And like, it's just, so like I can get what you guys saying, like the whole desert thing, like grazing to gardens. So yeah, man. All right, real quick, as we wrap up, I want each of you guys, I'll start off with one too, but uh, just one verse or like some scripture for people to like print off and just like read every single day or meditate on or just something that will help them. We'll just go around the room and each say one. So if you need a second to look one up or if you already have it, that's good. Um, I want to say, I'm going to say Romans 8, 26. And it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I just, I love that one because a lot of times if you, it seems like if you are in that place, you just don't know what to say. Like you don't know what to do. You're caught up. Like you just can't even almost cry out to God to help you in this point. But even in those moments, the spirit knows our weakness and he still cries out to God for us. Yeah. The spirit still reaches out and intercedes for us. 
So even if you're not and you're like in that deep place where you can't, you feel like you can't get out, the spirit's still helping you. Yeah. Right. All you need to say is like, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me in this moment. Or like, God, just say like, say the things I need to say. Yeah. In those moments. So that's mine. I, um, oh, we're going around. Go oh, popcorn. I, I like that. Um, I just want to just like to like, cause it's, it's really easy for us. Like I want you guys to understand. Oh shoot. I want to like, it's really easy for us to just throw out scripture there. Cause like that's, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. Like read the scripture, like honestly, yeah. but believe yeah. it and hold it with your whole heart. And like, you will see like the truth and, and God's uh life come to pass for you and stuff. And it honestly, like, it's a really lonely place, that desert place. And like what I think about in scripture is, uh, you kind of mentioned it. It was Elijah who ran yeah. and he ran and he was anxious and stuff. And, and he ran because he, he had expectations. He ran because he saw all the prophets of the Lord being killed by this lady. And honestly, we, we think about it now and we're like, oh yeah, why did he, why did he run? Like he just did all these things and stuff to do God or whatever. But he ran because he had expectations in him in his mind. And he's probably thinking like, God, like, you haven't saved these guys and they've been loyal to you too. Like I'm going to be the next one, you know? And like, that's the expectations that we all have sometimes when we're out of, the, I wouldn't even want to say out of the will of God, because you could be doing the will of God and still be aligned in the mindset, but it's still a struggle. And like, you still think like, dude, like I'm not doing things correctly because things are not how I think they should be by now. And that's a real place, a real struggle and a lonely place too, because it's just a place where like you feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. You just got to get surrounded by the uh, like-minded people and, and just keep battling it through. And, and God will make a way. And he is making a way yeah. where you feel like he's not making anything. And, and it's, it's, it's the greatest place. Well, it's the, the worst, the greatest place. And again, I wouldn't have any other way because I know that if it wasn't for that, like God wouldn't have. Um, he, he, he molded a lot of things in me. Um, obviously, we're still working things out, but. Yeah, it's it's just hold on and keep keep pushing forward and don't don't give in to what the enemy is throwing at you because yeah. it seems like it seems like at the moment you're gonna take the bait and you'll get something good. But like whatever God has promised to you, like keep holding to that promise until yeah. it comes to pass. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I actually touched on it earlier, which is gonna be uh Philippians four, six through seven, which says, uh, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds uh, anything we can understand. His peace, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Um, that kind of just um, something that helped me because we actually talked about this earlier as far as control. And when you really look at anxiety, like what's the middle letter? I think it's I, right? It's I. Yep. Yeah. It's I. That's and that's when you put yourself too. in the center, yep. you know, and in reality, like that's not where, that's not for you to be at the center, you know, like that's where God belongs. Yeah. And we know we put our center at, pretty much at the center of it it's because we're, we're having a lack of trusting and having our confidence in God. So don't do that. Honestly, just let go and let God because there's so much peace in that. Because when you give control, like, like we know God, like not, not God, but life is crazy. It's hectic. There's so much that goes on. And when we try and cling to things, like it's so, if something goes wrong, it affects us. But I don't know. For me, that that's something that I really feel like helped me out. Just letting go, honestly, and letting God do his will for my life, which ultimately, like we've talked about it right now, like ultimately, that's so, such a beautiful thing to where we're all living now. And it's not even the end of it. 
Yeah. And we're already experiencing like such, I don't know, just fulfillment and purpose, you know, yeah. and identity, like yeah. on, who, on who it should be. Yeah. So I, I'd say that's the one for me that I feel like would help people out. Uh, one for me that helped out with me during the season of like the whole school and then my pa- friend passed away was Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And that for me, like it, it brought a lot of peace to me because when I was having all the, comp- like everything piled up against me, I feel like everything, like every, cause then like I wasn't working, like I was only working like one day out of the week. I only had like $20 a week and all that stuff. My friend in school and all this stuff. And then, so when I had this verse, um, it really spoke to me for feeling that like, even like when you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned on um, the flames will set you ablaze. Like, and it says, when you pass the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And I find myself in the ocean and like the rivers, like everything just piled over me. Like just regardless of the, like everything going on, God is always going to be with me. God's going to be like, um, for me and he's not going to ever leave, leave me. And like another, another verse, like, I know my bad, but, um, another verse that like always like helped me out. Even when I was like going, being like, anxious about stuff was. Um, this is my favorite verse of all times. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that one for me, like regardless of like, even if I mess up, even if things happen to me, God, no matter what, he's running after me full heartedly yeah. with everything he has. And like, that's why like, I know and like people who are listening, like, um, like if you're going through anxiety, going through anything, I know like one of the big things that I learned helped me a lot is that we're not in control of what happens in our life. Because just like, like the verse is like, um, tomorrow has its own worries. Mm-hmm. Like tomorrow itself is, an, it's like, I think in like, this is why I think metaphorically like tomorrow, we're, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to happen whatever, whether we're, we're ready for it or not, it's, it's there. Um, but the key thing that we can find like um, comfort in is that we're, despite of us not being controlled tomorrow, we are in control of, of ourselves. We are in control of our thoughts. Say, so, hey, regardless if I'm going to lose my job or not, if, I, if people are going to get sick or not, I, that's something that we're not in control of. And that's and like how you said, like, and I was going to mention that ang- ang- like anxious is the letter I is in the front of it. And so it's like, you know, three letters, three letters, and it's I in the middle, like in the middle. And that's why fear and anxi- or anxiety stems a lot from fear and it stems a lot from control because you want to be right. control of absolutely everything. And when things start to fall apart, when your world starts to fall apart, you don't know what to do. You go crazy, you go hectic. And then that's when like, you're like, okay, what's going on? And you don't know, and sometimes you don't know who to turn to. So understand that if you're going through that, it's, it's okay um, because it's normal. And just understand that there is a God that despite of what you're feeling, despite of, of even if you're not going to church or if, you, if you're trying to stem away from it because you're anxious about everything, with this whole isolation, understand that God is with you in the room right now where you're, wherever you're at. God is with you in your car when you're listening to this. God is wherever you're at. God is going after you completely. And you have to understand that if you, and it's okay because I was like that too, where I wanted to be in control of everything. You can be in control of everything. That's fine. But expect to have like the whole weight of the world on you because that's what you're doing. And, and Jesus does not want you to do that. He's looking at you. He's like, hey, just let, 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 let go and give me the, give this to me. And yeah. it's so hard to right. let go and right. st- stuff like that. But understand that you can, like, if you can take anything away, understand that you can be in control of like, of your thoughts and like, just keep that focus. No. And even like a, a verse that popped in my mind is like, be still and know that I'm God. If that helps you, I just say, Hey, be still and know that I'm God. God is specifically telling us, Hey, like Oscar, Hey, Matt, Hey, Noah, Izzy, whatever, be still and know that I'm God. Understand even like in God's promises are better than your feelings right now, that God still is faithful. God is still present with you and you can stay focused on what he says is true, despite what your thoughts are feeling. Understand that, Hey, you can be still and know that God has you and he's in control. Even if you don't feel like you're in control. Yeah. Easy.
Yeah. I'll be quick for the sake of time. Um, I got Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And the biggest thing that you guys are saying that I also said, or that I also noticed as well is like that when we are anxious or when we, you know, come across those things, when we read this verse, sometimes we like to read it. If we were reading it, trying to handling it ourselves is like, so we will not fear because we are with ourselves or we will not be dismayed because we are our own God. We will strengthen our own self and help our own self. And we can also uphold ourselves with our own righteous hand. But that's just it. None of that's not what the scripture says. The scripture literally says, I am your God. Like I am um, with you. I will strengthen you and uphold you. So like God is going to strengthen you. God is going to help you. God will uphold you with his own righteous hand and keep you. So that's my biggest thing is like take take the eye out of it. As as hard as that is, and just give it to God. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing all of that. You good? <laughs> Coughing fit. <laughs> so no, it's uh, it's also very interesting too that in the Bible it says, "Don't be afraid." Three hundred and sixty-five times. So every single. There's one time that God says it for each single day of the year that we have now. And it's crazy how the Bible transcends time and like even applies to us today. Like, don't be afraid. And admit, amidst of the, amidst of the, vi- the coronavirus going around, don't be afraid. In midst of everything happening, don't be afraid. So, well, we've come to that moment in the podcast where we are going to offer that prayer for salvation for anybody coming to Christ for the first time or who wants to rededicate themselves and and really overcome this anxiety, really overcome all this fear and just decide that I, I'm going to take myself out of the equation. I'm going to put God back in the middle where he belongs. I'm going to put God back at the center of my life and on the throne of my heart. So I'm going to say a prayer um, and you guys can repeat after me. So we're going to say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank you for my life. Thank you. Today I choose to follow you and place my hope in you. I believe you are the Son of God, that you came for me, died for me, and rose again to give me new life. This is my new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you guys just made that decision for the first time, we are celebrating with you. We want to hear from you. So please send us an email connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hit us up in the DMs at connection podcast. Yep. And again, if you guys have questions or you have anything that you are wondering about, if you need prayer for anxiety and depression, you want us to pray with you. We are here for you guys. Let us know. Reach out to us. Tell us. We will pray for you. Please. We'll FaceTime you. Anything you guys, seriously, anything you guys need, we're here for you. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We hope that this episode was helpful and that you guys got something out of it and that you're feeling a little more encouraged that you're not alone in this battle. That There are many other people who have been going through the same things as you. And God is with you through all of this. So we hope you guys have a fantastic week. We love you all. Peace out.